Recorded during the plague year of 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where every episode we go over one minute of a very timely uh, techno thriller, Robert Wise's feature of 1971, The Andromeda Strain. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your guest host, I guess, for today. I'm Chris Henry from the EA Aviation Museum. Yes, and we're back again, Chris, and this is just, it, it's real deja vu <laughs> <laughs> being able to, to chat about this. I mean, it's a, it's unusual in that, you know, we haven't been slogging through, I mean, I've been slogging through this whole movie, but you're, you get to just, just coast along. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like the just visiting corner on it the is. Monopoly board. <laughs> it is. Like, I'm not really in trouble. I just kind of get yeah. to come and hang out over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And this, and by the way, this uh, minute 65, it's a 130 minute movie. So this, we are currently in the halfway point. So it's all, it's all downhill from here. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's a, this is a, a little bit, little bit more intriguing minute. There's lots of uh, technical stuff going on. Uh, one of the things we're watching, uh, for those following along at home, uh, this is the scene where the uh, the dead monkey and the dead mouse get in the elevator and, and r- roll away in a in a mist of uh, green fog. <laughs> uh, but I, I finally, I, I was reading the, I was reading the script, the original shooting script. This is a scene. Let's see. This is scene two ninety six and two ninety seven. And uh, the camera closes on the heavy glass portal in one of the doors to show an arrangement of nozzles spraying a solution over the lucite boxes inside the sterilization lock. Now the dumbwaiter starts to descend. That uh, solution that they're sp- uh, spraying is something called uh, parasitic acid. And uh, uh, parasitic acid is a relative of acetic acid. And uh, they, what they usually do is they mix parasitic acid with acetic acid and hydrogen peroxide. And uh, it doesn't turn green; it just it's clear. But uh, what they use, what it's usually used, it's it's mixed. Sometimes it's it's inside of laundry detergents, but you can use it directly uh, to uh, wash out. Let's see; it was approved by the uh, EPA uh, for use on hard surfaces. The use sites include agricultural premises, food establishments, medical facilities, and home bathrooms. Parasitic acid is also registered for use in dairy and cheese processing plants on food processing equipment and in pasteurizers in breweries, wineries, and beverage plants. I can confirm that this was used in a in a in a brewery. I used to work in a in a brewery in Pennsylvania, as as everybody does in Pennsylvania. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to work in a microbrewery, and I used to have to wash out the uh, the uh, ton mesh, uh, the big the big the big tanks, big, very much like the room that we're we're looking at, big stainless steel tanks. We had a which had uh, a which up. which brewery were you at? I was at uh, Iron Hill, Iron okay. Hill Brewery. It's in eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, they're in Chester, and in uh, they're also in Delaware, and okay. uh, a couple couple little towns out that way. They had a, a bunch of microbrewery restaurant combos. Oh, very cool, very cool. And uh, being from uh, Pittsburgh, we like our Iron City. So oh yeah, yeah, you get that wondering. big crushable can yeah get some icy light or something yeah so, i was wondering where you might have been <laughs> yeah no no we were we were doing the fruit roof stuff up and you know all kinds of raspberry ales yeah. and that kind of stuff but I've, <laughs> i have made in my in my sorted past i have made uh ales i have made lagers i have made um porters wow. and uh i've also made root beer uh oh that was uh now you're was, talking my speed i, I yeah. love i love root beer <laughs> I've, I've made hundreds of gallons of root beer, which is just a weird thing. <laughs> a weird there, thing to do. There's a wonderful, uh, not that we'll go off off topic like we always do. No, no, we're um, already three minutes at the show. Yeah, but, you know. exactly. <laughs> uh, there is a wonderful um, place here in Oshkosh called Ardian Ed's. 
and it's a car hop from like nineteen like fifties, you know, where you pull up, the girls come out on roller skates, and oh wow, you eat in your car, and man, you got to bring your Tesla up, and oh and yeah, they, they homebrew root beer there, ah, so, and yeah. the root beer is like a dessert. It's not even like a drink. Like it's it's so good and so sugary that it's like a uh, you know, and and like when it's cold, like it almost like crystallizes. Like oh my god, it's, it's yeah yeah. It's like I might oh. have to go over there for lunch today now. Oh okay yeah, <laughs> okay that's on my that's on my list. The next time we're out, we gotta go we gotta go there and get some root beer. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all the the secret is how much vanilla you put in. That's that's the trick. Yeah yeah. Ah, but uh, anyway, you don't you would want to drink this stuff because it's not. I mean, it it says that it's good for cleaning, but. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's uh, the the according to this the uh, biohazard signal word is danger. So it's, it definitely <laughs> has, has a danger, and uh, it's also an oxidizer. So uh, you can set fires with it. So really, oh very gosh, um, police use it for cleaning fentanyl analogs from surfaces. So if you're you know if you if you're look, looking at a crime scene, this is used for cleaning up uh, major league drugs. Uh, wow. So it's, I guess it it works for uh, cleaning up dead monkeys and mice too. So, or, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hate uh, it when dead monkeys get stuck in my dumb elevator. Yeah. <laughs> you just get out the big, you know, the uh, the para- parasitic acid mop and scrub <laughs> the walls and things like that. But uh, anyway, that's that's the thing I learned from from watching this movie. I didn't know that parasitic acid had so many so many uh, options. <laughs> Um, it is a nice little effect that you know, all they did was they turned on a, a green light and sprayed, uh, basically ran a vaporizer to, to spray all that stuff in there. Um, the uh, the acting is real good here. I I enjoy very much uh, seeing David Wayne doing that distracted thing where he's not responding to Arthur Hill, and then it just says it's an incredible what he just saw. So he really it, it he's been standing around not doing anything for a while but uh giving him this little moment that really presses in like wow this is really bad news going on um i i enjoy enjoy that uh part also very very nicely lit it's very um everybody looks really good in this scene there's no harsh shadows or anything like that um i i enjoy the way the the, the whole framing of this picture robert wise knows what he's doing when he sets when he sets a scene i mean i know he has his own cinematographer but robert wise worked on citizen kane so he really understands the camera and how how to tell a story using a camera um gosh i want one of those i don't know what i'd do with it but i just i'd I'd sit i'd sit in the house and and hang clothes up on a clothesline if i could have those those waldo things coming off the ceiling to to run the robot arms i want to i want to do that so bad (laughs) um I uh, I think of uh, you know the, the things on the shuttle where they use like a uh, they basically use a joystick and, and buttons, but I, I really want I want to have something with grips hanging from the ceiling. That to me is is how you do this. Um, and those uh, th- those particular models of uh, of remote manipulator arms uh, were used in the hot rooms of uh, the lunar receiving lab. So this equipment is. Uh, technically accurate for the time very very impressive that they they did research and basically asked the companies that made the things for the lunar receiving labs to uh you know borrow some test models and and show them in the movie um that's cool uh, but very very pleasant looking um we get a little bit of the uh the dynamic tension here between uh levitt seems levitt seems to uh want to be I think she and Dutton are old friends. They they interact with each other. She worries about him not being careful that you know he's an older guy and might not follow all the rules. So 
I think yeah, telling telling him that he's not a he's not a surgeon. Let the let the surgeon do stuff. So that was a, yeah. a nice a nice play of let, you know letting her be uh, kind of. A, I think she she usually is the supervisor in her other job and you know standing back for uh, for Arthur Hill for Doctor Stone is um, it, it irks her. So I think being able to to give some supervisory advice I think feels feels better for her character there. Um, yeah yeah absolutely it uh I, i'm just impressed with it, it it has that if you told me we we're gonna watch a sci-fi movie this is exactly what i think it would look like this scene yeah like, this yeah is, all that all that brush the yeah the brush stainless steel the, the, yeah. the cabinets and yeah. things they were a lot of that equipment you know this is universal studio so a lot of that equipment got repurposed and reused in a bunch of tv shows it was there was a there was a series in 1972 one of my favorite growing up uh, it was called Search, and uh, it starred um, Burgess Meredith, you know, the penguin. Uh, yeah, Burgess, yeah. Burgess Meredith was a guy that ran the control center, and it was three guys. It was Hugh O'Brien. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the uh, – uh, Tony Franciosa and uh, Doug, Doug McClure. And uh, the three of them uh, each had a uh, – an implant in their head next to their ear where it was basically it's a microphone and a and they could they could he, they could talk back to mission control oh. and uh they also wore like a little medallion that was a that was a very tiny camera and so they were secret agents that went out but they had a mission control behind them that uh, i mean we we are we are all spoiled because we can just google stuff but what what would happen is that they would go someplace and they would get this little discussion in their ear from mission control telling them uh what somebody is saying and you know, in Russian or what some, you know, or what the significance of a particular item that they were looking at, that it was, you know, this is a 13th century silver chalice from the Ottoman empire, things like, things like that. So they would seem like they were really intelligent, but all they were doing was they were, there was an entire mission control behind them. Anyway, those, those, uh, consoles that are in this particular scene, uh, can later be seen in the, in the, the television show search, uh, that you know that that became part of their mission their search headquarters their mission control um but it's interesting seeing them here um i yeah it's it's they, they spent a lot of money on this movie but they, but universal recouped a lot of it by just you know <laughs> hey, well you do this again now it's a you know now now it's working on a tv show um the uh it's it's really just uh, it's fascinating how much they got right about the future, but how much it doesn't you know like like this isn't the future they were we we live in a future they weren't expecting um, the the la like all those buttons and things nobody back then realized that if you just replace that with a touch screen you wouldn't need buttons. And that's true, so, and 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 like that's I think that's the way you can tell past ideas about the future when you, when you see a lot of buttons when you don't, when you don't see a lot of buttons then you know okay there this must have been made in the 21st century um all the uh having all those little televisions in the wall instead of having just one you know one big television or <laughs> you really need to have a bit you know a bunch of televisions but up until i mean gosh it, it's hard to realize how recent like you know the 90s or even even in the early 2000s you still had CRTs around, you know, CRTs on your desk, CRTs in your, uh, you know, in your home. And nowadays, I, I don't remember the last time I, I've seen a, a CRT, maybe at a, maybe oh, at a man. Wendy's or I don't, 
Yeah, I mean, something like that. Yeah, um, you know, everything's a flat screen now. It's just bolted, either bolted on the wall or hanging from a very thin pipe. Um, I'm trying to remember, I was in a, it might be, at, no, I was, I was trying to think of like maybe at an airport, there might have, I might have seen a television screen at an airport, but I can't think of the last time I saw, hmm, I don't know, I can't think of any CRTs anywhere for years now. I mean, I, I, I see them on the side of the road, you know, when people are, when they're having a, you know, haul away junk day. I've seen them on the on curbs, but <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But actually, in use, I no, it's it's gone. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I this this minute is interesting in that it's giving it, it it's also giving us the uh, uh more personality stuff. I mean, we know that Doctor Hall doesn't like to he really doesn't want to get involved in the sciencey part of it he's there he's a doctor and what he does is see patients so now he's going to go see the old man and the baby about uh about <laughs> he's not thrilled thing. about the whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't like being there you know and, and as, as we saw earlier in the movie he did he didn't read up on it so he's kind of he's kind of a, a newbie at this and it is kind of weird that they're in production but they've i mean imagine that you just suddenly you know like you got hired to be an air traffic controller and it's like, okay, you're going to handle the tower today. Well, <laughs> shouldn't I practice or something? <laughs> it's, um, yeah. And maybe, you know, it's like, I have a pilot's license, but I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know if I can be an air, air traffic controller. That kind of, you know, it's like, well, just because you know about something doesn't mean you know how to, how to operate it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, that, that's another question. When, when you were working, um, uh, ground operations did you have uh did you have television monitors did could you actually i mean other than you know grabbing a uh, grabbing a pair of binoculars and looking at the window did you have things like that that showed you gates and stuff or... um some airports do uh the airport that i was at did oh you know i take that back um we did as soon as you said gates that just that just hit me that we did have a couple of monitors um that that monitored a couple different areas a, a gate on the field uh, that we couldn't see from the tower, um, and then uh, uh, downstairs in the bottom of the tower, we actually had a monitor to make sure who was coming in the door. Oh wow! Um, so we had we did have a couple monitors, and we would rotate it like it was one screen, and it would just kind of cycle through a couple of the different gates that we were looking at. Oh okay. Um, but wow. we did, yeah, we did have that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like you know at big at big places like uh like JFK, you can, I mean they've got. They've got more than twenty six um, places to stop on taxiways, so they have like Alpha Bravo, oh, yeah. Alpha Charlie, and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to imagine that uh, you know if you had uh, it, you know it, like like just trying to keep keep track of all that stuff, you must be able to pull up a a video screen of what's going on. So they actually the have uh, something even a little bit more higher tech than that now, and they actually have like a ground radar. Um, oh wow! That you know, because when I worked ramp, when I, so going back to when I worked ramp control pit, uh, no, you had to just look out the window. We had a ramp tower. If you've ever been to the Pittsburgh airport, anybody listening, uh, when you come up the main concourse, uh, you call it some escalators to like the middle of the the terminal building. You'll see a through the glass windows. You'll see a control tower with a rotating beacon on top of it. That's not the control tower. Uh, that's our ramp control tower. That's where I worked. Uh, the main tower is off on the other side of the field. Um, but yeah, we actually had a sort of a radar unit there that, uh, you could see who was pushing back off which gate and into which taxiways and 
Um, prior to that, yeah, you probably would have had some monitors to see some of the some of the areas you can't really easily see from the tower. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm I just trying trying to imagine fo following all that. Of uh, how many how many uh, how many gates did you have at, at Pittsburgh? Oh boy, you're uh, diving back now. Um, we had A, B, C, D concourse. Each of the each concourse had about uh, I would say 20 gates, 20 22 gates, and then you also had the E gates, which had another. I That's for say, like the metro stuff. Though, yeah, that know. was where the commuters would come in, and I would say we probably had another maybe uh, maybe 18 gates over on that other side. Uh, how, so how did how do you like was there some kind of a board or a screen or something like that that showed you which ones were occupied or did you um, just look over we did we actually had software um that uh uh would basically show uh the gate and then it would show so we had two different things going on we had a radar um i call it radar for lack of a better term it really wasn't radar but uh, it looked like radar Mr. Radar, if you've seen Spaceballs. <laughs> uh, um, and then, um, then we had a, uh, uh, a computer software. I can't remember what it was called, uh, but it was a computer software that actually had icons in the gates. So you can actually just glance at it, see the gate, see that there's a green airplane sitting there. Uh, or if it was, like, broken, we can make it red, you know, and be like, well, he's stuck. You know, he's not going anywhere. Um, yellow would be like a delayed flight or something like that. And we, that's how we kind of relayed like where you went. So when you, when you're at an airport and you're getting like your gate changes, um, it, that would be us messing with you. Not, not on purpose, but, uh, <laughs> uh but mainly what it was, was, okay, here's a broken airplane. What are we going to do? You know, we only have so many airplanes and every airplane's promised, uh, to somewhere else. And if the airplane can't get fixed, um, what do we do? And the airlines a lot of time would swap it around so that the least amount of people were inconvenienced. Uh, so that's why sometimes you'll have an airplane and then suddenly you don't have an airplane anymore and there's really no explanation. Um, that's because they probably stole your airplane to go fly on a, <laughs> on another route. Um, you know, weather and things like that, of course, I'll play a part in it. But, uh, um, but yeah, so that's how we kind of managed the, uh, the gates though. That, that's going back. That was my, my first job uh, in sort of the controller lineage, if you will. Yeah, I I think I've only been to Pittsburgh Airport twice. It's it's like a big it's like a big X. I remember you have to run yeah. down to the middle yeah. to get and for, and like you were saying, it's, be, yeah. it's people inconveniencing. You always like land on the in the A terminal and you gotta go to the <laughs> yeah, C. You gotta go to the you gotta like or all. It it I, that happens to me all the time in O'Hare. You you yeah. land on H and then you gotta like you gotta get over to D or something and it's like you gotta run down to the one end oh. of the terminal and go back up another arm. And I had a uh, I had a, a a sprained ankle once and I flew. I was going to Indianapolis and I had to connect to O'Hare and um. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm, you know, and I didn't know enough to know that you could just like tell them like, Hey, hey you're hurting. Um, and they would just give you a ride. And I only had like 15 minutes to connect yeah. to O'Hare. And, uh, I went and told a person with the golf cart that, you know, uh, I was hurting and could I have a ride to the next gate? And, uh, I wish I had a really cool story about how I got hurt, by the way, I, I slipped and fell into a hot tub. Ouch. Um, yeah, and rolled my ankle. But uh, at any rate, the person was like, no, basically, and said, this is for handicapped people, and left. 
but he left the golf cart there with the keys in it. And uh, and I'm like, well, desperation calls for desperate measures. (laughs) And uh, I may have liberated a golf cart to get to my airplane. (laughs) GTA. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening uh, and you were that gentleman, uh, I'm not sorry that I took yeah, your yeah, golf cart. No. no, it's it's the GP Cayman, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Wow. Well, um, somewhere in there was a was a movie about uh, bugs from outer space, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about it more on uh, on Friday as we finish up the week. But I, I always I always like these kind of stories anyway. We're <laughs> and if if people aren't used to this show like this or any other show we've done, then you know. <laughs> It's too late now. You're along for the uh, ride now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, for folks who folks who do enjoy our conversations and you haven't done, and I don't know why, go back to listen to us. We have 135 episodes of the recording this uh, over at the Apollo 13 Minute, Apollo 13 dot, uh, Apollo 13 Minute dot com. You can find all of our previous episodes, and we've got some we've got some really good ones coming up. We're not going to you know show our cards here, but we've got some good episodes in the near future. So stay tuned on that. Um, Chris is Chris is doing a bang up job with his magic Rolodex. He <laughs> he knows everybody, so uh, that that that's coming up soon. So check us out on Apollo Thirteen Minute. Uh, for folks who listen to our show here, uh, go check out andromedaminute.com. Uh, if you had this, if you're listening to this, you probably found us on a pot on a podcast podcatcher. So go back there and subscribe. Uh, one thing that really helps, and uh, I, I know everybody everybody hears this from every single podcast. But if you could, um, you know, not only subscribing to us, but if you could leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts on any on any show that you, one of the things that can really help any podcast that you're listening to, go to Apple Podcasts and just leave a, you know, ten word review that I really like this show, or you know, give, give give everybody five stars if you get a chance. That's the best way you can help shows that are uh, are that that you enjoy listening to. So if you could do that, that would be great. Uh, we'll return to finish up the week here on on. Fridays, we finally say goodbye to the, the dead monkey and the dead rat. Um, but we'll be back here on, on Friday. So uh, before then, please stay six feet apart from people, wear a mask, and wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. That, and that'll help us get through this current plague we're in very soon. So anyway, we'll see you here on Friday on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.